0: We're on this ride um, up a mountain, and I'm not seeing anybody coming back down. It's like a ski lift. So (laughs) you would expect to see people coming back down, but there was nobody coming down. And when he said to me, enjoy your ride, I suddenly thought, is this the only way down? (laughs) (laughs)
1: everyone, to another bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by my Path Unwinding Travel. I am solo today, so it is just me, Sam, as your host. Uh, Brian is currently on Royal Caribbean, uh, docked in NASA today, but hanging out on the independence of the seas. And I am lucky enough to be chatting with listener and friend of the show, Karen. Welcome to the show, Karen. Uh, thanks, Sam. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you on. I know we've been trying to get you on for a while now. And you recently got off of the Disney Magic, and this was its first sailing post dry dock. And so yes. we're going to talk a little bit about the upgrades, but we're also going to talk a little bit about the ports because this was a, a unique itinerary. But before we get there, Karen, I want you to give us you know, your Disney creds. Uh, did, how did you get started with Disney Cruise Line? How many cruises have you been on? And how did you get into cruising in general?
0: So um, I took my first cruise when I was about 30 years old. Uh, so that was a couple decades ago took that with a friend and then sailed once with my older children on Carnival. So my first was on Royal, second was on Carnival and kind of decided cruising really wasn't for me. My youngest son has some developmental challenges and does not speak much. So something that was interesting for him was that every time we went to Costco, he pointed up at the sign with the Fab Four and said, Disney Cruise. Disney cruise. And after years of him doing that, (laughs) after years of him doing that, I thought, you know, I should probably book us on a Disney cruise. (laughs) So um, our first cruise was on the fantasy in 2016, and we fell in love with it. Even before we stepped foot on the ship, I had already booked a second cruise. (laughs) It was more of an itinerary I wanted to do. It It was the med over um, on the magic, uh, traveling out of Barcelona. But now we're up to 19 cruises including the two that we just did on The Magic.
1: Amazing. So you're close to Pearl, getting there. You're similar to Brian and I, getting getting up to in the platinum range, getting up to Pearl. That's kind of amazing, though, Karen, that your son, who has limited verbal ability, got the words Disney Cruise. This is maybe not the easiest phrase, right? <laughs> what, where, where do you think that came from? Did he see like ads for the cruise, or, or where do you think he got some of that familiarity with the cruise line?
0: The only thing that I can think is that he probably saw ads for it on the disney channel which he was a big fan of at the time and then our weekly trips to costco he kept seeing mickey and minnie standing there with goofy and donald and and maybe even pluto but he was consistent every it was almost to the point that that i knew it was coming i knew as soon as he saw that sign he was going to be telling me disney cruise disney cruise and um just another case of malcolm knowing more than i did
1: (laughs) You know, we learn a lot from our children, I will say, and there's a lot that neurotypical people can learn from the disabled community that we don't realize a lot of the time. So definitely, yeah. Well, that's pretty amazing. So let's talk about the cruise you, you know, cruise is, I should say, you just got off of on the Magic. What made you choose to sail on the Magic in particular or on this sailing post dry dock? What was sort of the
0: calculus behind this cruise? So I saw uh, that the Magic was going to be in the Southern Caribbean. And this has kind of been on my target list of of a place that we we might want to try because we've done the Eastern Caribbean, we've done the Western Caribbean a couple of times. But all of these ports, excluding San Juan, they were all new to us. So when I was looking at the cruises, I I couldn't decide. And I thought, you know, if we're traveling from the West Coast all the way to San Juan, let's just go ahead and and do both weeks. So we we were able to experience many new ports. Um, The only repeat on the two cruises was uh, St. Lucia, which was one of the ports I really wanted to visit. So that was even better. That's
1: amazing. So let's talk about the two itineraries and then we'll go, we'll dive right into the ports and, and maybe talk a little bit about the upgrades, of course, on the Magic, as we know that she was out of dry dock directly when you sailed. But what, what was the itinerary for the first of the two cruises you were on?
0: Uh, so we left out of San Juan and the very next day we were in St. Kitts. And after that, we went to St. Lucia, we had a sea day. Uh, Then we went to Bonaire and Aruba, Curacao, went back to San Juan after another sea day, went to St. Martin and then St. John's Antigua and then Dominica and back to St. Lucia and then Barbados. And then after one more sea day, we were back in San Juan and headed home.
1: Wow. That sounds like (laughs) an amazing, an amazing itinerary or itineraries, I should say, because I mean, one, Disney doesn't go to those ports very often. Obviously, they switch up what the Southern itinerary looks like year over year. And sometimes it's, you know, seven nights. Sometimes there's a nine or 11 night. Sometimes you're sailing out of Port Canaveral. Sometimes you're sailing out of San Juan. Sometimes you're on the fantasy. This one is on the magic, of course, right? So how did you kind of figure out what you wanted to do in the ports? Like, were there resources that you looked to outside of You know, just the Disney Cruise Line website and looking at their port excursions, because I imagine with some of these itineraries being or some of these ports being not sort of regular Disney ports, I I imagine there wasn't as many port excursions to choose from as compared to, I don't know, let's say St. Thomas, for example.
0: Right. So, um, going into the Disney Facebook groups that we belong to, I wasn't finding a lot of information. I scoured podcasts, even, even resources for like Royal, who is in that area more often. And I really wasn't finding a lot of guidance on what to do in every port. I watched more YouTube on these cruises than I could have ever imagined. And when it came down to it, I relied on a lot on TripAdvisor. And then people in our cruise group that had been to the islands before. And we did most of our excursions through Disney, which is actually unusual for us.
1: Nice. Yeah. Um, we tend to do more of our excursions through Disney as well. Of course, um, I think the general pros with doing excursions through Disney are one, you've got vetted, you know, port excursions. And then two is really the the guarantee that you'll be back on the ship or they'll reunite you with the ship (laughs) if the (laughs) ship has to leave without you if the port excursion goes over time. But of course, the big con I think is Uh, price, right? The price of Disney port excursions typically is more expensive. And then choice can be a con as well, just because there are obviously shore excursions available through outside vendors than what Disney offers. So but let's let's go through and and talk about some of these amazing ports that you were at. Because like I said, this is two cool, uh, unique itineraries. Now you start off at San Juan, obviously, that's your embarkation port. But did you guys spend some time in San Juan
0: before? So we had a red-eye flight on Wednesday. So we arrived on Thursday and we stayed very near the port not at one of the hotels that disney arranges transportation with but we were at the hyatt house and we were so surprised when we got up to our room and opened the blinds that we could see the ship because she had she had come in the day before we knew she had come in the day before but did not expect to be able to see her from our hotel room so that was really fun yeah that's always that's always cool to be able to see that from your window
1: awesome now is this just you and malcolm sailing for these two uh to these two cruises? In our stateroom, yes.
0: We did meet up with friends that we had met in 2021. And so they did both of these cruises with us in their own stateroom.
1: So Disney Cruise friends. Yes. Yes. Oh, cruising friends are the best friends. They are the best. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, awesome. That sounds like a a fun... Just a a fun way to travel, of course. So let's let's chat about these individual ports. We'll start at the beginning, right? I mean, like they say in the Sound of Music, start at the very beginning—a very good place to start. So Saint Kitts is your first port. What did you all decide to do in Saint Kitts?
0: We ended up on a great excursion. It was called the Catamaran, Catamaran Fantasy, and it was a great way to start the cruise. So. Just like it sounds, we hopped on a the catamaran. There were probably 40 or 50 other people with us on the catamaran. They took us out and we cruised along the, uh, the coast of St. Kitts and ended up in a little bay where we got to snorkel. And my snorkeling experience has been mostly like the west coast of the US. So like, excuse me, not the US, Northern, uh, Northern America. So down in Mexico, we've also uh, snorkeled in San Juan. I could not believe my eyes when we got in that water and the types of fish that we were seeing, I was just blown away by... I, it was the first time I'd ever seen live coral it was beautiful. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, so then they, after maybe an hour, or maybe 45 minutes to an hour of snorkeling, they loaded us back up and uh, took us over to Nevis, uh, which is where Alexander Hamilton was born and raised. We got to get off and play at a beach there had a wonderful, wonderful day. They took us back to the port and the next morning we woke up in Saint Lucia. It at Nevis is it Nevis or Nevis? I can't remember. I that's a
1: <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't know for sure. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Well I'm gonna say Nevis and I'm probably you're saying probably it right. wrong. But no, no I don't you're know. probably right. <laughs> no, no, I'm probably wrong. But um, did you get to see any Alexander Hamilton historic sites or anything?
0: We did not, because our tour included both stops, our stop there was just at the beach. And it actually wasn't until we were coming back but I thought, wait a minute, let me get on Google here. I think I remember this from the, from the musical uh, that he was born in the Caribbean. Where was it? And sure enough, that's where he had been born.
1: Yes, yes. I, I, I'm I like, the song is going through my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the opening song, Alexander Hamilton, yes, where they talk yes. about, him, you know, all the tragedy that ensues when he's living in Nevis and, and how he has to you know work his way out and all of that. So I love that. Okay. So your next stop was in St. Lucia. And as you said at the start, this was a stop that you got to go on both itineraries. What was your, what what did you do for your first stop at St. Lucia?
0: So you're going to hear a theme here and it's, uh, it's going to sound a lot like catamaran. <laughs> so we went on another, <laughs> we did the best of the west side by catamaran. So it, it took us from the pier out to the west coast of St. Lucia up to the Pitons. And we stopped in a Ooh, couple the little. Pitons, yes. yes. Yes, this was. I see
1: this on. um, Okay, so I'm gonna. People are gonna laugh when they hear this. So I like to watch Below Deck. Okay, and and Below Deck, which is like the show about yachting, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a Bravo (laughs) reality show. Because I like all kinds of, you know, water uh, travel. I've never been on a yacht and never had the good fortune to stay on a yacht. Um, But yeah, I remember actually in one of the seasons, I can't remember which one it was, but they were down in the Caribbean or not the, I guess the Southern Caribbean and they're looking at the they park the boat or dock, whatever they call it, um, anchor the boat with a view of the pitons. I
0: hear that's beautiful. It was it was everything I had hoped. They were absolutely gorgeous, and you don't see them from uh, from the pier. You have to travel quite a ways before they they kind of you know start to peek up behind other mountains. And I actually they're not the tallest mountains on the island, which surprised me, but right there at the coast. I mean, they just stand majestically. They're just beautiful and lush, green, just Absolutely gorgeous. And along the way, <laughs> our guide kept pointing out, "Oh, the next time you come back to St. Lucia, you can see at this resort if you want this type of experience." And you know, there were there were resorts where athletes stay, where there's no television and no Wi-Fi, where you can totally disconnect. I'm like, that's probably not for me. And then there's <laughs> there's other resorts where you can go that are open air, so that you know you are basically out in the elements all the time. Not in the elements, but you know, you don't have windows and. And that looked absolutely gorgeous, but all these wonderful resorts along the way. Like I said, we stopped at a couple of beaches. There was one that was just like that beautiful sugar sand. And that was a wonderful place to get out and swim and cool off. And our friends had brought their snorkel snorkel gear. And one of the two hopped in and went over and snorkeled closer to the rocks where they told us, you know, don't really stand on the rocks over there. There's a lot of fire coral in that area. Um, But she said the snorkeling there was really good as well.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I feel like those coral reefs are just like amazing places to see all kinds of different, you know, sea wildlife, right? They You can see like anemones, but also fish and sometimes eels and Turtles, right?
0: And, yeah, turtles, just all, yes, yeah, yeah. Kind of stingrays, off. yeah. Amazing! Yeah.
1: That sounds fantastic. Was this uh, so? Th- it sounds like this was probably kind of a full day one, similar to the other one. You, you guys are off the ship for a pretty good amount of time with these excursions, right? Yes, yes. We
0: would get back maybe an hour or two before the ship set sail.
1: All right. Well, we got to travel to down to the ABC Islands, right? And head to Bonaire. Tell us what you did in Bonaire. So, this is where we
0: kind of did a detour and did not take a Disney excursion. We instead worked with a company called Sea Cow Snorkeling, and they normally set off at 8:30 in the morning, but we were not docking until I think 8:15. And so there was no way we were going to be able to get there in time. So I reached out to them and said, Hey, you know, there's a few of us from the ship that would love to do this. Would you consider having a a later start time? And they were able to accommodate us. So we had to hop off, jump in a taxi. And luckily, we all made it into the same taxi and get over to the pier uh, to do this drift snorkeling. Which is something I had never heard of, never experienced, of course. This was the highlight of both weeks.
1: Ooh, well, what is drift snorkeling? I've never heard of
0: this. So it's they take you to a current and you hop out, and the current helps you move along. They've got their boat and the, or yeah, it's a boat rather than a catamaran, I believe. So they're kind of sailing a little bit ahead of us so that you can't get away. You can't stray away. And they had 20 of us on the boat. They broke us up into groups of six or seven. And uh, each of us, each group got a guide who talked us through everything we were seeing. So you could either leave your ears out of the water or pop your head up every once in a while. If you wanted to hear about what you were seeing, you would just pop your head up to hear what the guide was telling you. Our guide talked the entire time. This was like a three or four hour excursion. So she was able to tell us absolutely everything that we were seeing. She was able to find things for us. We were in the current, took us right along the reef. So if you kind of went off to the side, you were like looking out into, it felt like you were looking out into outer space. Every once in a while, a guy, a scuba diver would come up from, from the side of the reef. And it was like, whoa, there's a space, space guy out there coming up. It was really cool.
1: That sounds incredible. I, you know, I, I realized I forgot to ask for each of these ports um, that we've talked about thus far. So uh, St. Kitts. St. Lucia, and now Bonaire, which ones were tender ports versus, I forget what you call it, but basically ports that you sail right up to and park? I am always curious about that because obviously when you have a tender port, just the, the logistics are a little bit difficult. It just takes more time to get on and off the ship. And I was thinking of this when you're talking about trying to you know hop in this cab to make
0: your excursion. So I don't think we had a tender port at any of these if oh, I'm remembering that's correctly. Yes. Right. So it really opens up possibilities for people that, you know, are bringing uh, strollers or wheelchairs or, you know, any, you know, extra scuba gear or snorkeling gear, you know, whatever they're bringing with them. It's just a lot easier when you can walk off the ship.
1: Yes. So much more accessible for mm-hmm. any kind of physical disability and also just more accessible as far as timing goes. And like yes. you said, you just, you know, just getting off with a stroller and being able to walk around the port as opposed mm-hmm. to booking an excursion and, and having to be, you know, taken somewhere by boat or by, uh, by a taxi or bus or, or whatnot. Well, that that sounds amazing. Okay. I'm going to look into drift snorkeling. I'm going to look into this. So,
0: and our provider was C-Cow. Um I don't think I saw any other drift snorkel excursion through any other provider, but it, it was their ship, their boat was pristine. The, the food they provided was fantastic. They were all Dutch inspired uh, because they were Dutch. The food was great. The company was great. The tour was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I really thought when they said that our guide would take us, I thought our guide would just be showing us kind of what path to follow. But you no, know, she was really providing a great service.
1: All right, let's talk about Aruba. The, of, of all the places that you've gone to, I've been to St. Kitts, I think Aruba, Barbados, well, St. Martin also. But you've gone to a ton of ports I've never been to. So I've never been to, to St. Lucia, uh, Bonaire, Curaçao, Antigua, Dom- Dominica. Yeah, I mean, this is like a crazy, amazing port. So what what did you get up to on Aruba?
0: So in Aruba, we had a bit of a late start. We didn't book an excursion through Disney. We got off the boat, the ship, <laughs> and kind of walked around the port area a little bit to see what that was about. I was ready for some Starbucks after a few days of Disney coffee. And then we Took a taxi out to Eagle Beach.
1: I, I have to interrupt you there and and just tell you I love that you noted that you had to go to Starbucks because that Joffrey's coffee is so bad. So sorry, I'm, I just need to give a shout out to Starbucks because Joffrey's coffee is terrible. I no no disrespect to Cove Cafe because I actually do enjoy the coffee in Cove Cafe, but that. Joffrey stuff is the worst. Sorry, continue. It, yeah. <laughs>
0: and being born and raised in Seattle, I just can't get with the the syrup coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we had our Starbucks, and then we hopped in a cab out to Eagle Beach, and we probably, looking back in retrospect, we probably could have done a later start getting out to the beach because we knew we were spending the rest of the day at the beach because our real attraction that day was like a sunset catamaran dinner cruise um, that we booked outside of Disney. And we were able to do that because the ship didn't set sail until 10 p.m.
1: That's amazing and quite unusual. Most of the itineraries, you're leaving the ports by 5 p.m. That's sort of the later, the latest one. So that I, I wonder if that's because Aruba is so close to your next port, which was Barbados. I'm, I'm guessing. Right. Well,
0: actually, the next port was Curacao. Oh, Curacao. For sorry.
1: Us. Curacao. Mm-hmm. That's
0: right. But those are all so, so close.
1: So- T- tell me about this this sunset cruise.
0: Right, and so and we figured if we're on the island until ten o'clock at night, let's do something different. And so we uh, we booked this well in advance of the cruise. I think we were the only, the four of us were the only people from the ship on that uh, dinner cruise. So they took us out, and we saw again a lot of the shoreline. They wanted to show us a lot of beautiful ho- beautiful homes that were built in that area. We sailed from. I, what I am guessing is the hotel district. It was called, I'm going to say Pete's Pier in Aruba, but we saw a lot of like big hotels and casinos on our way to the pier. Tons of restaurants, very, very active. So I think that that's probably where a lot of their tourists are centered or in that area. Yeah. I wonder if a lot
1: of the folks from the cruise just decided to go, you know, have dinner or something like that in that area. Or frankly, I wonder if some people went back to the ship to do their (laughs) dinner and their show for the night, right? True, true. Yeah, It's kind of a a tough call, right? You don't usually get time in port, but it is hard, particularly if you haven't been on the ships before and seen all the shows and all of that to to miss out on a a night. And for you, that probably wasn't such a big deal being as how you had one back-to-back cruising and to have been on the ships before
0: right we've seen these shows and i think this was our seventh and eighth cruise on the magic so we've oh. seen these shows a few times <laughs> just a couple <laughs> just a couple
1: think- you don't need to see twice charmed again and again <laughs> it's cute yeah, i like to like too. it it's cute but yeah you don't need to see it 12 times probably all right so y- your last port was curacao what did you all get up to in curacao so on that
0: day we did book through Disney. Uh, we did a fun day at the beach. I'm um, let's see what exactly was this called? I want to say it was called Fun Beach Express, if I'm remembering correctly. And I would say it wasn't that fun. <laughs> it turned out that the beach. So, wait, so took, the
1: name, so the name was not accurate. <laughs> it, it,
0: no, I, no, <laughs> it was not. <laughs> So the first part they took us kind of on a tour to show us uh, the agriculture of the island. They showed us, they took us to an area where flamingos um, kind of populate and the flamingos were way far away from the bus, which was fine with me. I've I've seen flamingos. I've smelled them before. I knew it was better to see them from afar. (laughs) (laughs) um, And then You know, they did show us some interesting things about the agriculture on the island. And then they took us to a beach. And my bad, we did not bring water shoes with us on this excursion, which would have been helpful because the beach was very rocky, full of coral. So it was really difficult to get into the water. Luckily, that wasn't the entirety of the trip on the way back, they did kind of a, a tour of the old town, and that part was the highlight for me. Um, they showed us a lot of street art, they showed us a lot of uh, historical sites, and they were all within walking distance of the ship. So when we got back to the ship, <laughs> we grabbed our friends and we went back out and I just wanted to see those places up close and see that art it, I couldn't believe the art like this is definitely a port that is focused on art. So if you are somebody that's looking for maybe a unique piece of art, this is probably the port that you want to buy it in.
1: Now, from this itinerary, what would you say was your favorite port? You had five different ports because we're not going to count San Juan because that's your embarkation and debarkation port. But what would you say was your favorite of the the five ports?
0: Uh, The highlight would have been Bonaire with that wonderful Drift Snorkel. If you take the excursions out, I would probably say Curacao.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. And what would you say was Malcolm's favorite?
0: Oh, gosh, Malcolm. Um, (laughs) Let me think. I think he loved the uh, catamaran ride in St. Lucia. The people that were hosting put on a great party. They were playing lively music. We don't know how, but he seemed to know the local music. So he was getting to do karaoke with the the crew. (laughs) (laughs) It was, he was having a great time.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, it's always like good and fun when they get like kids like involved because I feel like that just makes the excursion even better for them. Like, oh, yeah. Like, we did this one excursion in Cabo. That was salsa and salsa. Nathan had never like actually liked salsa before, like the food. I mean, mm-hmm. he he doesn't know how to salsa dance. He likes
0: to dance. <laughs> he
1: was not he wasn't into guacamole or salsa before, but the act of like making it and being like a part of the process, he now says he likes salsa and guacamole.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it totally changes the experience, and it makes it you know those core memories, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I love and core memories.
1: You know, I have to, you know, he lo- He also loves Inside Out. So. <laughs> <Wonderful>. <laughs> All right. So let's let's talk about cruise number two, because you, of course, head back to San Juan. There's embarkation or debarkation embarkation day in San Juan. But let's talk about your the first port because you had five ports, again, not counting San Juan, one being a repeat of St. Lucia, but let's talk about St. Martin. I've I have been there before. I know they have a huge zip line, like one of the biggest in
0: the world. This I think it's the steepest, yeah.
1: Yes, yes. Um, and I've been on that and it's terrifying, but also fun. <laughs> um, but I'm curious to hear what you guys got up to in St. Martin. I know Disney does have quite a few excursions in St. Martin because it is sometimes on their Eastern Caribbean itinerary, not always.
0: Oh so St. Martin, I was pretty sure that we would want a break from the beaches. In retrospect, I now know that we don't need a break from beaches. We just love beaches. We love Catamarans. We could do it every day. But we booked the Aerial Explorer and that is the same location where you do that zipline. So <laughs> we took the zipline up. Neither one of us are really adventure seekers. So we had no intention of doing the zip line at the top. As you know, there's that lookout that you can walk around and they have signs showing you all the um, islands that you're seeing in the distance. And that's when you really realize these islands are very close together because you could see many of the islands we had been at or were going to from that lookout. That was really cool. When we were up there, we did find the bar. They had mentioned that there was a bar at the top. And so I thought, you know, we're here. We've got to try a rum punch. When the bartender served it to me, he said, enjoy your ride. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy your ride. I mean, when when in the Caribbean, drink rum, right? It, That's exactly. The- but this bar is located directly next to or adjacent to the steep zip line that people were the main attraction, Right. And so when he handed me that and he said, enjoy your ride, I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, 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 we did not sign up for that zip line. And it's funny because on the way up, I had been texting my daughter who was back home and saying, we're on this ride um, up a mountain and I'm not seeing anybody coming back down. It's like a scuba, So <laughs> you would expect to see people coming back down, but there was nobody coming down. And when he said to me, enjoy your ride, I suddenly thought, is this the only way down?
1: (laughs) It's not the only way down, but yeah, I'm sure
0: for most people,
1: that is the way down. So most people don't take the lift back down. Yeah.
0: And we did. We did. Happily, (laughs) let me tell you. (laughs) Um, And then we had intended to stop to see the Yoda Guy Museum before going back to the ship. And time ran out because our transportation had a malfunction on the way back to the ship. So by the time we got back, we probably did have enough time, but we were just so hot and just kind of beat that we just we skipped it. We'll do that next time after doing a beach day next time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, next I mean listen, there's always a next time, right? It's and St. Martin is a beautiful place. Oh, I could tell. Yeah, so next is Antigua. What what did you guys get up to in Antigua? God, you just had like one amazing port after another. I'm like so freaking
0: jealous. They were there. nonstop, <laughs> nonstop amazing ports. So this next one was was also really good. In Antigua, we did through Disney, we did a catamaran and lobster lunch. It was. I mean, what what can I say? It was just. It was fantastic. More snorkeling, more swimming, meeting more people from the ship, and and then serve a lobster lunch. They so on these catamarans, oftentimes they bring food on and they serve it to you after you've been snorkeling, whether it's a snack or whether it's a full meal. On this catamaran, they literally cooked the food on the catamaran. So like they were barbecuing the lobster for us. It was. Delicious. So if if you like lobster, they give you a half lobster um, with salad and beans and rice. And it was fantastic. The food was fantastic. The snorkeling was wonderful. We met really great people on that excursion that we met again, met up again with later in the cruise too. So that was nice. You know,
1: it's funny my one of my favorite excursions to this day was in I'm trying to remember the name of the port. It's the it's another southern Caribbean port, but it's a French owned owned, you know, for it was a French colony and I'm trying Maybe to remember Martinique? Yes, Martinique. Thank you. That's exactly the one. So we went to Martinique and we did this amazing catamaran excursion. It through Disney. We made friends, our friends, Tracy and Michael, who've been on the show as guests. That's where we met them on this catamaran. And it was very similar experience. It wasn't lobster, I have to say it was, but it was like a a beautiful local fish and they cooked it all on board. And it was just like this magnificent day. And I, it's, it's talking about this catamaran excursion and meeting people and enjoying the food and the company and all that is just bringing back those amazing memories. And so I would highly recommend one, people try a catamaran excursion. There's a million amazing ones in the Caribbean and in the Southern Caribbean in particular. And make friends, be friendly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, definitely. Even if you are traveling with a large group, you're still going to meet people. You have something in common. You all love Disney cruising. So, <laughs> so make friends.
1: <laughs> you're all giving your money to the mouse. <laughs>
2: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a chance to sail with the DCL Duo? Well, we have an opportunity for you. That's right. Next June is going to be our first ever inaugural DCL Duo podcast cruise. And we have a fun lineup of stuff on its way for that sailing. We're going to be on the magic for a three-night Bahamian sailing out of Fort Lauderdale on June 19th, next year, 2024, with a stop at Lighthouse Point, one of the first sailings to go to Lighthouse Point. We are so excited to welcome all of you. You, our listeners and fans out there to join us on this sailing. We've got some special things we want to do, including potentially an onboard recording of the podcast, which will just be so much fun. If you are interested in sailing with us, we would love to meet you. We always love to meet and interact with our listeners. So if you're interested, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash duo. That's mypathunwinding.com slash duo. Let them know you're interested in this sailing. We have a room block reserved, which means you have got opening day pricing locked in for some of our remaining rooms. So head over there, check it out. We'd love to see you on board with that. Thanks to My Path Unwinding Travel for sponsoring the show. And now back to the episode.
1: All right. So Dominica, I know like nothing about Dominica. So tell me, what, what did you guys get up to there?
0: We had booked the river tubing and waterfall experience, and it was at the end of their season. When we arrived, first of all, it was I want to say 17 miles of hairpin turns is how our driver described the route to get there, and I just can't tell you how terrifying that was. <laughs> it was
2: oh it my was, goodness,
0: um, a really unpleasant ride to getting there for anyone who gets carsick. Not great. 17 miles of hairpin turns, not good. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, that might that would not be good for me. No, that part was not great. And then when we arrived there, they said, you know, we're really sorry about the condition of the river. It's late in the season and the water is pretty low. And that ended up being that they manually pushed us for an hour and a half over six inches of water. <laughs> and rocks. So we were either bottoming out or skimming rocks the entire way, and it was, uh, it was not what I had expected. I was hoping for something more similar to what they offer in Jamaica. That uh, option that always sells out—the river tubing in Jamaica—and this ended up not being a highlight for us when we got back. Because I am sure we're going to do this route again. I asked people. What did you do? What did you love? And I kept hearing again and again that there was a cooking excursion that was really, really good. So next time we're doing that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, that's a that's actually a great tip for people who are listening. You know, sometimes you get an excursion and it's a dud and it doesn't, you know, it's unfortunately, you know, disappointing and there's nothing you can do about it after the fact, really, except you tell you can tell Disney it was a dud. And it's good to give that feedback because then they may you know decide to not offer that tour to future cruisers. Uh, which I think helps your, you know, helps your friends and family in the Disney cruising community. But it's a great idea to ask, yeah, what were the good excursions and then, you know, plan. you have something to plan for next time. Alright, well, so we had, you know, one bummer of an excursion amongst a whole bunch of stars, but you got to go back to St. Lucia and I'm curious what you did on your second uh, visit
0: to St. Lucia. So our second excursion again through Disney was titled Amazing Jeep Safari and as- sailing catamaran after having this 17 miles of hairpin turns and then knowing i was going to be getting on a jeep the next day i went to go talk to uh shore adventures and or excuse me port adventures and they were closed because i was really hoping that we could change that i didn't want to be on a jeep two days in a row even though the the day before had been a bus it really did kind of feel like a jeep anyway they were closed um never got back To change it. So I I said, okay, we're going on this. Good luck to us. I hope we enjoy the catamaran part. (laughs) And this turned out to be I'm so glad that we got on that Jeep because we had um, basically like a two hour tour of St. Lucia, not the touristy part. We were back in with the banana trees and the coconuts, and there would be people that just pop up little stands on the side of the road to sell fruit to sell artwork. And it was so authentic and really, really a lovely experience, in my opinion. Absolutely loved the tour, which then sent us on a catamaran ride. That was interesting. (laughs) So they took us to America Bay, which we had been to the week before, got on the catamaran. And one of the first things I noticed was that they weren't using the motor once we got out of the bay. And that was lovely. To sail without that motor really is a different experience. So we got to go down to the Petons once again and see them on the way back. They still were not turning on the motor, which was I thought was lovely. Then come to realize the motor was not working.
1: <laughs> <And> when, <laughs> oh no! I was I was wondering if that's where you were going. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah.
0: So we ended up taking about two hours longer to get back to the ship. In my opinion, being stuck in St. Lucia on a catamaran for two hours more than I expected, but still getting back to the ship on time. I was like, bonus, bonus, bonus. Like this was the <laughs> best thing ever. It was, (laughs) I loved it. But I then realized, you know, for us, it worked out. But for some people that had plans back on the ship, that didn't work out for them. You know, they were missing bibbidi bobbidi boo. They were missing maybe getting ready for Paolo or, you know, spa treatments, things like that. I had hoped to do a little shopping when we got back, but the ship was leaving in 15 minutes. So we had to get on the ship and, and go. So I do understand that. that that unexpected inconvenience wasn't great for some but for us we loved it.
1: Well and I will say I mean it, it it is a reminder for of two things. One the issue you know the pro of being on a Disney excursion right like because things do happen. And so in your circumstance, you were on a Disney excursion. You guys did get back in time, but they would have held the ship if you were just going to be a little bit late, right? They would have held the ship and you probably had on your catamaran, it was probably full of other people from Disney Cruise Line. So, you know, they're not going to leave 30 people behind. Um, They're going to hold the ship for that. And then the other thing I think it it does also give a, a nice reminder of, you might not want to book an excursion even through you know through Disney or through a third party that ends close to when the <laughs> ship is leaving port right I mean you, you had a two hour buffer so or actually more than right so two hours 30 minutes two hours 15 minutes whatever it was you had a buffer and that buffer did get used up right because of the ship malfunction or boat malfunction it's just a, a just kind of this a reminder to folks if you are booking an excursion even through Disney like probably not if you have if there's an earlier, One that gets back with some time, probably a little bit smarter than booking the one that comes back
0: ten minutes before your schedule. (laughs) Definitely, definitely, (laughs) yeah. When we when we book outside of Disney, we always try to come back um, at least. An hour or two, preferably two hours, before the ship leaves because you don't know what you're going to find yourself up against. So
1: absolutely, I I was on uh, an excursion one time where it was just you know traffic was so bad coming back from the excursion and we you know it, it took like an extra hour I think to get back and we were fine we had plenty of time it was sort of a it was it wasn't a full day excursion so it ended up you know not being a huge deal except for a spa appointment that I had. The nice thing was is that the ship was aware that I was not on board. Right. So they actually just automatically rescheduled me for later in the day. Yeah. So they had like the spa had obviously checked with, I don't know who it is, but you know, the folks who check you in, they could tell I wasn't on board yet. And so, you know, I didn't get any kind of penalty. They just rebooked me and and, uh, figured out that I had been on an excursion that, you know, just got back late. All right. So your last, uh, your final port was Barbados. That's actually one I have been to from our, our 11-night Southern Caribbean in 2019. But I'd love to hear what you got up to on Barbados.
0: So we had to end the trip with a catamaran excursion. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and this, one, this one included a turtle encounter. And so I wasn't really sure what to expect on this. It did involve a lot of sailing along the coastline. And I wasn't sure what that turtle experience would be like. Like, how do you know that you're going to see turtles? But they did take us to an area we got. We were able to get off at a couple different stops and snorkel. And it was the second stop where turtles were just everywhere in the ocean. And they wanted to interact, it seemed like, because they, they were down at the bottom of the ocean, and you know maybe 15 or 20 feet below us. And you would see them coming up, coming up, coming up, and they would just pop up almost within arm's reach of you. And of course, you're not allowed to touch them. You're not allowed to try to swim towards, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to swim towards them, pet them, right. feed no, them, no, no, all no. those things. <laughs> but when they pop up right next to you, I mean, you can't you can't avoid it. And that was so cool to just have that little turtle pop its little head out right there next to you. And it was that was a really fun excursion as well.
1: Amazing. All right. So I got to, you know, wrap up that cruise with the, the big question What was your favorite
0: port? My favorite port was probably St. Lucia with Barbados a close second, a close second. Malcolm's would have probably been St. Lucia again. <laughs> yeah.
1: Again, yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So I feel like I'd be remiss to not ask you at least. A little bit about the magic upgrades um, post Dry duck. I, I won't talk about. We'll kind of skip over the drama that was the air conditioning, the soda machines, the ice cream machine, all that <laughs> crazy stuff. Because one, I've talked to a couple other people who were on that first cruise of yours, um, and and reviewed that stuff with them. Two, you know, you the good thing is you were off the ship a lot. So. Yes. Yes. But I feel like I gotta ask you what you thought in particular of the Soul Cat Lounge and then of the Encanto celebration, which you would have had at oh, least a couple right. opportunities to to see because they were it was on both of your cruises. Yes.
0: So I would say the Soul Cat Lounge, beyond what you could really capture in in photo or video, there were just really great Disney touches where... Uh, because they showed the movie on the ship, on the funnel vision. And we took the opportunity to watch that on, I think, the second cruise. And what I noticed right away was in the movie, they have some of the same portraits on the walls of um, of Joe's apartment and of the lounge where he was playing. Um, some of those same portraits are on the wall in the Soul Cat Lounge. So little touches like that. I'm not sure if anybody has mentioned that there's like a little hidden 22 in the Soul Cat Lounge, which is it. Actually, for me, it was a little hard. to I it took me a while to find it. It was interesting. Soul Cat Lounge on the first cruise was packed, completely packed. Second cruise, very sparse. And I think it just has to do with you know who is on the sailing. You know, a lot of. I think we only had one sea day on our second sailing. So people were on the go, go, go the whole time, um, which doesn't leave a lot of time for lounging.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. But that's just interesting. I would have thought that it would have been packed both times. I am curious about whether or not you tried one of the Zeppelin's in the lounge, because I have heard it's similar to the beignets in the French Quarter Lounge on the Wonder, except it's like a cinnamon and sugar instead of powdered sugar.
0: So I did not realize that they were serving food. I didn't see anyone order any food at Soul Cat Lounge. I did order the smoked old-fashioned. I like scotch. I like whiskey. And I like smoky scotch. So I was expecting it to be a lot smokier. It, in my opinion, was an (laughs) (laughs) old-fashioned. It was it was fine. It was
1: fine, <laughs> <laughs> but nothing to write home about, I
0: guess. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately.
1: Well, I I have to thank you so much for the the video and the pictures you sent us of the Soul Cat Lounge. I thought it was. Fabulous! Um, You know, you captured I think the spirit very well. Of course, I haven't been there, Um, and I, of course, I was you know disappointed when I when it was confirmed it was not going to be the Snuggly Duckling and that it was the Soul Cat Lounge. And uh, you know, it's which is fine, but you know, of course, we all have our opinions that you know they could have rethemed keys to be the Soul Cat Lounge and given us a Snuggly Duckling in the Promenade Lounge. But whatever, you know, Disney makes its own decisions and they don't listen to me if they did i'd be making a lot more money than i currently do
0: <laughs> maybe they'll rethink keys to snuckly duckling something yeah see that
1: would be great, be great. And I think right? I, my guess is it just needs a longer a longer dry dock and they already had probably too much on their plate given given all the, the trouble that they did have in finishing things. But um, the other thing, like I said, I wanted to ask you about was the Encanto celebration, which I know was, I'm going to just preview for folks, basically was a in part a meet and greet with Mirabelle and Bruno, but it was also in part a sing-along trivia and crafts experience, as well as they had some adult beverages available for purchase. And it was held in the D Lounge. Would you give this a thumbs up, a thumbs down, more neutral? I'm
0: curious as to what you thought of this. Well, we went twice. So that should speak for itself right there. We enjoyed it. It is very loud. I think that something like this could be done outside, possibly as a death party. It would make Sylvia a lot harder, but... It It got really loud. The tar- target audience is probably kids under the age of 12. And that is mostly who was in attendance, those children and their parents. On the second week, they had already made some adjustments. So first week, I think Jennifer had reported how difficult it was to kind of collect your craft items, get to your table, get everything done. So when we walked in, all that, had, every table already had the craft items set there. So you just walked in, found a table, sat down, and you were ready to start crafting. So big improvement right there. The first week as we walked in, they they kept telling people the bar is open, the bar is open. And so the first week I walked over to the bar and the poor bartender was overwhelmed with all these people. There was only, I think, one bartender making drinks. So, you know, I didn't need a drink and there was nothing advertised uh, as far as like anything unique for for the event, so you know I didn't need to drink it that time of day. So the second week, I had heard that there were like the Encanto cocktails and and Virgin cocktails as well. Uh, Colombian sodas and Colombian beers that were supposed to be on board. So I was anxious to get back to the bar, see what... Because the the virgin drink actually looked really good. And so I went to the bar and I said, Oh, do you have the menu for the special cocktails? And the bartender had no idea what I was talking about. (laughs) No way! (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if... Because I've heard that they're doing this on The Wonder as well. Oh, is that right? I haven't heard that. I had heard that. So I don't know if that menu came from The Wonder, but on The Magic, they had no idea about any of those drinks. I'm guessing they had the beer and the soda, but we're not... I, I don't drink beer. My son is fine having soda on the pool deck. So, so we didn't get to try any of the beverages, but eventually I'm sure we will.
1: Well, it sounds like it was, you know, a fun experience. Uh, I'm excited for us to get to check it out. We'll be on The Magic in September. And obviously, Nathan is in the the target range for this activity. <laughs> Although I will say, uh, Encanto is it's not his favorite movie, but he loves the music from the movie, as do I. Surface Pressure. I'm sorry for those who love We Don't Talk About Bruno. It is a fabulous song, but Surface Pressure is the best song from it, that. It point. is the best. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I agree. <laughs> so,
1: but I'm definitely looking forward to that. Well, Karen, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your experience with these amazing Southern Caribbean ports, as well as talking with me a little bit about the upgrades to the magic. It's been fabulous having you on. I, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you have been listening to our show now for several years. Yes. And this is your first time on our show, surprisingly. <laughs> and we've been trying to figure out something for you to come and talk to us about. And I'm so glad that we got to talk about this cruise, or these, I should say, cruises um, with such an amazing port. So thanks so much for coming on. Thanks,
0: Sam. And I hope to sail with you someday. Yes, absolutely.
2: All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family. of theme parks, the views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night.